This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics, all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Welcome to our To The Point Podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I'm the Compliance Director at Lipscomb & Pitts Insurance in Memphis, Tennessee. And I am joined by Stacey Barrow of Marathas Barrow Weatherhead and Lent. Hi, Stacey. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Stacy. I know that recently the IRS expanded the list of preventive care for HSA participants. And so I wanted to have a conversation about that to talk about where it came from and what it looks like, what it means for employers. So first of all, I think I understand that this is um, response to a portion of the June 2019 executive order that directed the Treasury to consider regulations to help patients with high deductible health plans health plans. Um, was preventive care specifically part of what they were directed to look at? Um, yeah, actually, they well, they were, um, the agencies were directed to make it easier for consumers to use high deductible plans. And as part of that, they were looking at expanding the scope of services that can be considered preventive um, in order for the plan to be able to cover them before the deductible is satisfied, you know, making it easier, you know, for people with chronic conditions to get that care um, and, you know, remove the, the cost barriers there because you know ultimately what it does is it encourages people to have that necessary care and then it mitigates the consequences of not getting that care because you don't want to you know you, you have that full deductible to satisfy so I think this is you know frankly this is this is great news um, for for most people and most plans. So just in case our listeners aren't familiar with how it works with an HSA and a high deductible health plan, can you explain how these plans worked before when it came to these kinds of services? Yeah, so um, high deductible plans can cover certain uh, specific preventive care services before the deductible um, and still remain HSA qualified. And so prior to this notice, um, the definition of preventive care didn't include any services to treat any existing illnesses or injuries or other conditions. And same thing with prescription drugs and other medications. They are only treated as preventive when they were taken by someone who hasn't yet developed a a risk factor, or sorry, they were taken by someone um, who's developed a risk factor for a disease that hasn't manifested itself yet or hasn't become clinically apparent. So the the person is is asymptomatic. or they um, they could also um, qualify as preventive if they were taken to prevent the recurrence of a disease um, from which someone has recovered. So it was it was kind of of, of limited, and it wasn't really. Um, doing much good, frankly, for people with with chronic conditions. Okay, so the good news about this is the fact that the preventive care list has been expanded to now cover some of those chronic conditions, both their drugs and the services, right? Uh, Yes. And what kinds of things made the list? So there, there is a list and it is 
an exhaustive list, right? If it's not on the list, then it's not covered. Um, but there are maybe a dozen or so um, conditions that certain preventive care is, is covered for. So for people who are diagnosed, say, with congestive heart failure or diabetes or coronary artery disease, then um, what is considered preventive care are the uh, angiotensin <laughs> converting enzyme ACE, ACE inhibitors, essentially. Um, you know, other examples would be uh, people diagnosed with asthma, they get the inhalers. Um, if you have diabetes, um, insulin, retinotherapy screening, uh, glucometer, and then hemoglobin testing. Um, for depression, uh, SSRIs, um, well, frankly, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what, what all this uh, uh, you know, means in, in terms of the, you know, the, the impact here. But um, I think the, uh, you know, one of the, the things that this, this, this IRS notice does is that it levels the playing field out there um, for plan participants. And I, I think a lot of these services were probably covered by uh, a lot of the larger self-insured plans as preventive for years. I think that this was a trend that, you know, was showing among some of the larger plans. Um, and this is, uh, you know, I just uh, uh, very helpful um, to plan sponsors uh, and, and to carriers, I think, um, to, to have this new list. Certainly, because if you're living with one of these conditions, to you, it's an everyday thing and a cost you're always going to have to deal with. So, you know, rather than have it disqualify your HRA, now you've got an easier way to handle it. You don't have to meet that huge deductible first in order to remain in the HSA eligible plan. So this is really good news for anybody with any of these conditions and hopefully for employers as well, because if you've got your employees properly taking their maintenance medications, hopefully it doesn't get to that step two diagnosis which becomes worse. So when does this go into effect? So this is uh, effective immediately, meaning that plans and plan sponsors could rely upon it immediately. Um, it's not mandatory. Um, you know, carriers don't have to adopt it, but I, I would expect that in relatively short order, um, plans would tend to adopt this. Um, it, it is, you know, most relevant to high deductible plans. Um, it's not mandatory uh, or it's not mandatory for any plans, but uh, you know, I'm not sure if we'll see it adopted by other, you know, HMOs, PPOs as well that are not high deductible plans. Um, we'll probably have to wait to see how the carriers react. But um, I would imagine that, that, like Sarah said, uh, you know, most plan sponsors will be asking the question and you know, seeking to, th to make things easier for their participants who have these chronic conditions. Do we know if this is something that fully insured plans can adopt right away or no, because those plans have to be filed with and approved by the state in advance? Oh, the old state approval song and dance. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, you, you do, you are at the mercy of the carrier um, when they're ready to change their, their list of preventive drugs. They will. I don't think this is something that's going to require state filing. Um, you know, you may see some carriers adopt this pretty quickly, or you may see them do it upon renewal. Just, you know, it might be easier from a system standpoint, but uh, I, I, 
wouldn't expect this would require a new new filing. Okay, well, that's good news for employers who want to adopt it sooner than later. Well, if you are an employer and this is something you want to know more about, certainly talk to your insurance broker, talk to us at Lipscomb & Pitts. We're happy to help. Um, If you want to adopt this, you know, do your research, figure out what to do, let us help you. And hopefully this is something that everybody finds beneficial. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. I hope you listen to one of our other podcasts for some more information and we'll talk to you next time.